and welcome to another edition of the Standing Room Only Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Matt Standing. I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic, which of course means I was at FedEx Field Saturday night for the third and final preseason game. The Commanders won 21-19 over the Bengals. For those who have interest in the, the score, it, it, it was it means they did finish undefeated in the preseason for the first time since 2013. So there you go. Some trivia you can share your, with your friends. Um, but of course, the game, not the point. What's, what matters is the performances of the people, particularly those still vying for a roster spot. And uh, the rosters are due, cut, are due to be cut from 90 to 53 by Tuesday afternoon. To discuss our thoughts on what the final 53 will look like, Grant Paulson returned uh, to to chat with me. We just had a really fun, insightful, in-depth conversation. We went position by position. Uh, we disagreed on, on a few different players and uh, how many you keep in a certain room. Not not a ton, but, but enough to, I think, have a really fun chat. And w- one thing I always like talking with Grant is we go in depth. We don't just say, well, I think it'll be these players is, well, what's the reasoning why? Or what's the reason why not? What's the what why why is what you're saying potentially questionable? Um I always think you got to be able to, in any argument the best way to argue is understand your point and the counterpoint. Um and we tried to do that here. So um uh, a really good conversation. Um some guys who obviously I think had some good games tonight. Uh Mitchell Tinsley for one, you could make the case that a guy like Jared Patterson did and Jake Fromm did some good things as well. Did any of that matter for the 53 or guys who maybe had rough nights? Uh, Casimir Allen had a couple of drops as a receiver and muffed a punt. Uh, Dax Milne dropped a pass as a receiver. Um, so, yeah, I mean, those are some of the names we've discussed and plenty more. Here on the Standing Room Only podcast, which, of course, you can find on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you do your podcasting. Hit that subscribe button on uh, whatever your pod watcher is. And uh, if you are an iTunes person, you got a moment to drop a a rating interview. Huge help for sure. Um, In addition to talking about this, I also did my story tonight was about the 53 I talked a little bit about the game as part of the 53, but I broke it down there in written form as to who do I think is on the team and the reasoning for, for some, there was at least one decision that that definitely hurt me. I'm not going to lie. But uh, you know, an interesting dynamic, they they're going to have to, they're going to cut some players that that in past years would have been locks to make the team. They've got some more depth at certain spots, and um, yeah, I mean they, they've got they're going to have some tough options for sure. Rivera said as much. Um, he did say tonight, Ron Rivera, that is after the game, that there were about six or seven players that they were looking at, wanted to get a really closer look at. I then later asked him, well, if you're saying six or seven, how many roster spots does that equate to? And he said about the same. Now that that would infer to me that there's like. I mean, it's more than six or seven guys. I mean, maybe in their head, they're like, here are the six or seven we think are in. But before we say, you know, write it in pen, we want to see them do this one more time in this setting to feel really good about it. 
maybe that applies to a guy like a Casimir Allen. I don't know. Um, but that's what he had to say about that. And I think in terms of the six or seven, and that, I mean, that feels about right uh, as I go through my own process out here. Um, so we'll get to that in a sec. But like I said, if you want to see the written form, go check it out on The Athletic. Uh, no injuries tonight that we know of, so that's a good sign. Um, Rivera was asked tonight about Chase Young's status because Rivera told us the other day that Young was going to meet with and uh, a doctor on Friday for uh, so to, to have a better feel for when he can return to contact. He has been out on the field for uh, individual drills, but not for team drills. Uh, we did see him pregame today uh, warming up with his teammates. My understanding, as best I can tell, not a serious injury from what I gather, which would somewhat be in line with the idea that he's been around but just hasn't done the team drills. But beyond that, I don't know for sure. And as Grant and I discussed, that's going to be a big variable here that unfortunately we're just really not going to know enough about between guys like Chase Young and, and Charles Leno and Kendall Fuller. To what degree are their injuries significant or is it just, as Rivera has suggested, hey, we're just being really, really cautious with some of these guys. You never know. By the way, so Rivera, oh, did I say this? I don't know. Rivera declined to say anything about Chase Young's situation. He also doesn't have to. Teams are not obligated to provide injury information or updates um, until they get to week the week one. So sometimes he does. He chose not to this time. Not a big deal, but we'll have to find out eventually where Chase Young is with regards to contact. Uh, they're off the next couple of days, uh, so we'll return to practice uh, early in the week, uh, and then maybe we'll see Young out there or we'll have a better idea by then what is happening. Uh, again, cut-down date on Tuesday. Um, the, the team will be getting the, – the staff will be getting together over the next couple of days. Um, I'm going to imagine we'll hear some names get released on uh, I mean, it could be as soon as tomorrow or Monday, and then probably hear the bulk on Tuesday would be my guess at the moment. Uh, okay, um, that said, we don't have to really get into the game that much. We're going to talk about the, the 53 and a bunch more with our guy Grant Paulson from 1067 The Fan right now here on the Standard Room Only Podcast. All right, even though I only saw him a little bit ago at the uh at FedEx Field for the preseason finale. We are now speaking over Zoom. It is of course Grant Paulson 1067 the fan, two to six thirty, Monday to Friday. A lot of baseball talk there, but we're talking commanders here. Uh dude, can I I I was like indoors most of the day, obviously being in the press box. It is crazy humid out of my I mean it like even for oh, this area, I was like, what the hell? So, yeah, it's funny you say that. I actually was thinking walking to the stadium from where we park. It was the hottest I've ever been walking into FedEx Field. I'm sure there have been hotter game day temperatures, or I shouldn't say I'm sure, but I'd assume there have been, but I don't remember them. And, in fact, I was talking to K.J. Henry, the fifth-round pick out of Clemson after the game, and, you know, I was just having a, a normal kind of post-game interview with him, and I even brought that up afterwards. I'm like – I hope you were in shape, man. Like just walking downstairs, seeing how hot it was outside, you know, in the little bit that I was out there, I, I couldn't believe it. And he was kind of laughing. He was like, yeah, good thing in Clemson, we play in the heat and practice in the heat. 
but it did it. I'm sure for those guys, it wasn't a lot different than some of the 11 and 11 work or, you know, the, the two practices they had against the Ravens on sunny days. Cause it was nasty outside. Yeah, no, I mean, right. The humidity for those guys are playing today. It's one thing, right. When they're practicing, it's uh 11 o'clock noon, nine o'clock at night, walking on my car should not be that insane, but nobody came to hear my weather talk. Uh, we've got a 53, uh, player projection roster thing to discuss. I have mine up on the athletic. Now we can use that as a temple, but you obviously I, I tasked you with, of course, coming up with your own thoughts. Um, I don't think there's really anything to discuss about the game, but we can get to that as we go through this. What you, you're the uh, radio host guy. What do you think is the better way go position by position or start with like the, 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 the biggest challenge on the board no let's let's go with positions let's build it up let's let's build right. a, a bridge here all right well you know we won't have to go through every name and every position like i think sam howell's gonna make the team so we'll start a quarterback um i've got two making it jake from to the practice squad even though he had a pretty good game today and he's, and he's looked good all summer I, I just think like he was on the practice squad all last year nobody picked him up i, I haven't looked at the landscape of every team's quarterback room but i I'll just assume that nobody is going to feel they have to get Jake from, so they can probably get him to the practice squad. So I go with two. Yeah, I would remind everyone that in all of my years, not just around this team, which dates back to 99 in a media capacity, but like more covering this team as a grown-up, which probably dates back to, you know, somewhere in the middle of the early 2000s. We are always concerned and talking about in this market, well, what if this guy gets plucked or added? What's What if this guy doesn't get through to waivers? I don't think I remember one single time <laughs> on cutdown day where the player that someone was really worried about getting to waivers didn't, which isn't to say that those guys always got cut. You know, Maybe they wouldn't have at some point, and that's why they made the 53. But that's just kind of a, a precursor to say that I also have two quarterbacks. I also have Fromm on the practice squad. You're telling me if they couldn't get him to the P squad that somebody is that desperate to keep a third quarterback but yet didn't plan for that all preseason and then decided that they're going to go off course for Jake Fromm, with all due respect to him. I actually loved how he played. Ravens game was impressive. I thought he was pretty good tonight as we taped this after the game uh, late on Saturday evening. So I'm with you across the board on quarterbacks. You keep Fromm and Brissett. Uh, I believe that they'll be able to have Fromm, uh, I, I should say Howell and Brissett, and then you, they'll be able to have Fromm in-house on the P-Squad and won't have to worry about it. They'll have three in the building. Yeah. Um, and for what it's worth, Kobe Brissett was fine tonight, kind of let down uh, on, on the first drive uh, with a drop on third down by Dax Milne, and then he threw on the third drive a uh, really nice footwork to, before he threw the ball to Mitchell Tinsley for a touchdown. So they're good at one and two. And, uh, you know, we'll talk more about Sam Howell some other day. That's, this is not that uh, episode. Running backs. I'm not going to lie to you, Grant. I don't have a kid. Uh, and I'm not sure why I even feel this attached. I am kind of devastated that I did not keep Jonathan Williams. I I think he should be on the team. I may regret this. I may have nightmares about doing this because I I think last year they screwed up not using him more when Brian Robinson was out. 
but we'll come to reasons why later. But I only went with the three, Robinson, Gibson, and Chris Rodriguez. Um, what do you think at, at running back? So we agree again. I've got those three guys, Robinson, Gibson, Rodriguez. And I think they'll have one of the other guys on the practice squad, uh, whether that's Williams or Patterson or Derek Gore, I would imagine, even though he's got NFL experience with the Chiefs, with the new practice squad rules, I'm sure you could get to a taxi squad. He's been, frankly, he's like too good to be playing in the fourth quarter of preseason games. Like that's an NFL running back. I'd say the same about Jonathan Williams. I was talking about this with a couple people in the press box today. I really have always liked him. Every chance he's ever gotten, he's made the most of. I actually think they're going to cut multiple running backs who can play in the league. Uh, Jarrett Patterson averaged 4.6 yards per carry last year, was good tonight. 15-yard touchdown catch last week, breaking a tackle. Uh, He's small, but he can do this. Uh, I think Gore, if you had to give him carries this regular season, would be – effective and i'm a a big jonathan williams fan i just they have drafted two third rounders and a sixth rounder they always keep their draft picks i really like rodriguez robinson and gibson are the 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 batman and robin at the position Uh, i thought about a fourth but i think they're probably going to use a fullback ultimately i don't think arma makes the team which is something we'll get to but i think he'll be on the team on game day early in the season and possibly throughout the season depending on how things go if you look at the Chiefs where the enemy came from you know that's a team that used a fullback and just based on some of the coverage of the team from beat writers like you and others that I've tracked you know it's pretty clear to me that they have plans for Arma at some point as the year goes on so I'll go three RBs I think similar to Fromm they're going to have one or two of those guys still in the building though and and they're going to view it more as a, a global roster than just the 50 Three. Yeah, we can talk more about Arma when we get to the tight ends, but I agree. I mean, look, you know, special teams plays a huge factor in all this, and Williams is really good there too. But you're right, the fact that Arma can play multiple positions is big. And, you know, to the point of Jonathan Williams, as much as I really do like him, you mentioned Derek Gore and Jared Patterson, Gore in particular. If Williams were to be released and he goes somewhere else, I imagine Derek Gore then stays. He knows obviously the enemy. Uh, you know, maybe he gets another offer from somebody. But as we discussed in the, around the, the the NFL, why running backs don't get paid. Part of the reason they don't get paid is because it's pretty easy to find running backs. So the likelihood is he would stick around. And that and to that perspective, it's like, well, why am I keeping a fourth when I can worst case scenario have a Gore or even a Jared Patterson still on the practice squad for me, and that give me that guy. And look at how we're talking about this. Like, we like Williams a lot, who's the fourth running back in Washington, right? We like what we saw from Jarrett Patterson, who's the fifth. I'm telling you that Goru played for the Chiefs in the the league, I think, as their sixth running back, so to speak, could be fine in regular season games. Like, doesn't that tell you everything you need to know in a league where Leonard Fournette doesn't have a job and Ezekiel Elliott got signed three hours ago? Like, it, they're going to be fine. And for that reason, I just don't think you view a guy like Williams as a priority. But it's funny you say, like, you hate not having him on your roster because maybe you're the only person I know then that likes him more than I do. But, like, I just – I think the player plays really hard and I root for the guy. And he is a, a winning NFL player. I think him on your roster is, is a good thing. Uh, I, I just – 
here where they've invested the picks and they've got younger kind of higher ceiling guys. I, I'm not sure if it's a fit right now, if they're keeping three. Well, uh, when we were in the locker room after the game, uh, Nate Katzer walked by and not a lot of talk to uh, coaches formally, uh, but I, he walked by and said, you know, I can't talk to you, but you're the only person I want to talk to in this room right now, because so many of these last decisions will come down to, special teams and uh, that's just going to be a fact so I don't know where Jonathan Williams ranks in the hierarchy but they've got other guys that can get the job done too so we're going to move on from him unfortunately we'll see maybe he's a practice squad guy or or maybe he gets latched on to somebody else let's go to receiver pretty fascinating room I don't think we I think we can skip past the top four obvious guys I think Byron Pringle probably number five obviously he's got the B enemy ties and he's had a pretty good summer and then it gets super interesting. You could say there's only they're only gonna keep six. You could say they're gonna keep seven, with the seventh being a punt returner, most likely. Um, you could say they're gonna keep Mitchell Tinsley, who had if these last games matter, he had about as good as you could get. He had a 39 yard touchdown, he had another catch for 38 yards, got tackled at the one. I think he's been pretty good all summer. He was my he was on my 53, the one I did before the first preseason game. So I was, you know, I, I think I'm going to – I had him on. Maybe I'm overstating what just happened tonight, but because I already had him on and had an inkling that he was liked in the building, I decided to stay with it. Uh, but then you have Dax Milne and Casimir Allen. Casimir Allen, not his best night. Dax Milne has basically been a non-factor as a punt returner this summer because they've just been using Allen a lot. You also have a guy like Marcus Kemp who gives you big size and another enemy guy. Bryson Tremaine and another underactive free who I've liked all summer. Caught a touchdown tonight, but he's probably a longer shot. Before, I guess, I don't know if you saw my story. So I told you Tinsley. I won't tell you if I went six or seven or who if I if I did who, who it is. Where are you at? And then I'll, I'll reveal my final uh, decision so i i went into tonight thinking maybe seven with kaz allen being the seventh uh i have changed my mind on that and it's not just tonight but tonight did some heavy lifting for me in kind of the, the grand scheme of things i'm gonna go with six and i think this is probably a surprise i'll be in the minority and maybe be wrong on this i've got kemp as my sixth guy Ooh, so yeah so i've got the five that kind of everyone's projecting, what I would call the the big four, counting Deami Brown, and then the fifth being Byron Pringle, who the day they signed him, I actually on the air said this guy will be on this team. He has had a lot of success in the NFL, much of it under B enemy, and he knows the offense, and he's done nothing to hurt himself since. I think he had a good camp in preseason. So there's your five, and then the question was, do they keep six or seven? I thought Allen maybe as the seventh guy and the return man. I don't think you can underscore enough how significant muffing a punt is. You know, when, when the coaching staff puts you out there with the ball inside the 10, I think that's the most important thing, more than getting the two 20-plus yard returns the last few weeks. In 15 days, they're going to play the Cardinals. And if he's the seventh guy, he's going to be back at the six-yard line to field a punt in week one. And him dropping that ball, and I asked Rivera about it after the game in the presser because I just – he made it seem like he didn't lose any confidence, and he said that he just took his eye off the ball. And yes, he did. That's true. That's why he fumbled it and, and muffed the punt. And, and, you know, he's young, and that's a mistake you can't make. You know, people beat up on Dax Milne as a punt returner. Um, Milne is 
always going to catch the ball. And that is more important than getting yards after you catch the ball. Um, I don't think Milne is particularly good punt returner, but he catches the football. So I think that forget the two drops on badly thrown balls by Jake Fromm, one on a, on a kind of a slant or an in route that was behind him for Kaz Allen, the other on like a stop route, kind of running a hitch along the sideline where the ball was underthrown. Both with his hands on it, he could have made catches. It just wasn't a good night for him. The, the muff punt, though, is a dagger, I think, because th- that's going to put some doubt in their minds. And he's another guy that you can definitely get onto the practice squad. Like, there's no doubt in my mind that if you release him, nobody's claiming him right now. And I think you'll see him on game days at some point this season. But for me, the debate would came down to Tinsley, who I love, and is my favorite of all those guys kind of long-term as a wide receiver, the Milne, Kemp, Allen group. I like Tinsley more than all of them long-term. Milne or, or Kemp. And I think what they're going to need, a little spoiler for the defensive side of the ball, is a couple of guys who are you know, special teams war daddies. I think they're going to need guys that are really good on teams because they're going to go light at linebacker. And I think he's awesome on special teams, and he gives them size they don't have. Uh, I think Milne had a really good camp and, you know, he may well make the team. I think if I'm wrong, it's because Milne is the sixth guy. My issue with Tinsley making it, number one, easiest guy I think of the whole group that we've talked about to probably get to the practice squad. Undrafted free agent, you know, certainly flashed big time in this game. But there's a Tinsley at most training camps around the league, right? There's a guy like that. Sure. And I, what is his well, differentiating? Just to Go double ahead. click on the Tinsley part for a second. The only reason I I don't know about that is like when our guy Dane Brugler put out his top three hundred list, Tinsley was the only of their undrafted free agents here that made that list. I think people were some people were surprised he wasn't drafted. So I don't disagree with you. There's always these guys, but he might have been somebody that people said, "Oh, you know what? We kind of blew it not taking him, and we're still lacking, and maybe we get him now." But Otherwise, I'm with definitely you. possible. But I, I just think, you know, we always view like these guys as what is he going to become? I just think there's a guy like him in most camps, if that makes sense. 100%. And they've invested their own time and their own energy and their own practice and man hours into developing them. And they're not going to pluck him from somewhere else. But I'll say this. If they think Tinsley gets claimed, they have better knowledge of that than we do. I wouldn't cut him because, again, I think three, four years from now, he's got a chance to be a pretty good receiver. He, though, like there's no – what's his plus attribute? If I'm going baseball tools here, is it power? Is it speed? Is it glove? Like I don't think he does anything exceptionally well. He's just pretty solid all the way across the board. That's why I really like him. He's kind of, to me, like a maybe a, a better version of Milne without the, you know, catching the punts pretty cleanly. Um, but I, I think he's just going to be a pretty solid wide receiver for years to come who eventually is going to be a – a middle of the depth chart guy. But he, the reason I go with Kemp, it's just a fit here. It's it's he's a Chiefs guy, a B enemy guy, knows the offense, and they're gonna need players on teams. Yeah, no, look, I mean, uh I imagine when I did a 53 either in public or in my head before camp started or anything, Kemp was gonna be the guy on it. Again, that you're right, they have nobody else with any height at receiver. He's a B enemy guy, clearly. Based on what we've seen, Biennemi is going to have a big say in a lot of this in terms of who's making it and who's not. That'll be a fascinating component of all this if we ever learn more about the decision-making process for sure. Um, so I think that's a totally viable 
point. I, 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 uh, I just kind of wondered about him being able to clear waivers as well, frankly. And it's not like he was putting up big numbers in Kansas City. He's, you know, kind of a guy. So he, while he has more value to be enemy, he, I don't know what, what I, I'm curious, like what value he has around the league. Um, Good point. But um, yeah, I, I think, I don't think keeping him would be a fear of losing him. I think if you lose him, you go, okay, darn. Uh, well, okay, Dax Milne, you're up. I, like, I don't think that the, I, I, for me, it's, I think they have a need for special team stalwarts because I think they're going to be thin at linebacker. And I think that when you're thin at linebacker, generally, you need to find those guys at other positions or you're in trouble. And we know he's an exceptional, maybe that's slightly overstated, but he's been a really good special teams player in the past. And I believe that, um, you know, the fact that none of their receivers has any size has to help him. It just, it just has to benefit him. Yeah, no, I, I agree. That's a point that, that, that probably is the biggest factor if it's going to be, um, if they go, go with him. Um, <clears throat> all right. So here's what I did. I said, I kept Tinsley. I can't argue with anything you said. I just, if I wasn't going to keep, it felt like a Sophie's choice. If I wasn't going to keep Williams, then I was keeping Tinsley. <laughs> I like it. Um, but I, I, my plan midweek was, you know what? I'm going to cut Milne and I'm going to cut Allen. The odds of both of them getting claimed are pretty, or probably zero. The odds of either of them getting claimed, probably not great either. Although I do think Milne's pass catching ability might attract somebody. But figuring that, okay, I'll get them to the practice squad. Then for game day, I can promote them for the first two games for free, put them on the roster. And then by the third game, when I can't do that anymore, something will shake out. Somebody will have gotten hurt. We'll, we'll, we'll figure, we'll see something out. So that was my plan. What, but I went with, instead of going with six, I went with seven and I kept Dax Milne. Um, I'll be honest. I never had Casimir Allen really that high on my list. I understand why a lot of people wanted it to happen, but look, and he's fun. He's interesting. Undrafted free agent. He didn't return punts in college. He doesn't, he's got, he's you know faster than you and me, but he doesn't have some insane NFL speed. He's very, very raw as a receiver. So I don't know what he's doing for another team. Therefore, I think you can stash him, not worry about it. And then to your point about tonight, you can't fumble the ball in that spot. Dax Milne does not fumble the ball. He's incredibly steady. Sure, he's pretty vanilla when it comes to what we saw last year as a returner, but they're going to take safety over potential in that regard, especially when it's a guy who just does not, you know, we don't know what he's going to be yet. So uh, I would have gone Milne over Allen, which is well, what I did do. The keeping seven receivers is the part that bothers me more. Uh, I, I just almost don't believe in that philosophically. And I don't know that keeping Milne and Tinsley is worth it in that regard, but that's what I did anyway. Yeah. So I, I like a lot of that uh, logic. You mentioned that Kaz Allen was faster than we are. Uh, so is Jonathan Allen for that matter. And every other Allen who's ever played in the NFL, regardless of position, luckily. Um, uh, no reason to, to say more about Kaz uh, in that, I think that this performance hurt his cause and he was probably at best squarely on the bubble. Um, if he makes it, I'll be surprised, but it'll tell you that he had already locked it up and they'd kind of decided this a little while ago. The, the My first guy out 
by keeping six and going Kemp is not Allen. It's it's Milne, right? And in fact, Tinsley I like better than Milne. Milne's just more NFL ready and and at this moment, I know he had a drop on a in breaking like a slant route in this game. I mean, he catches the football. Somebody said to me today, he just doesn't do anything after he catches it. And that's fine. You're right, maybe. He catches it. That's so important at that position. So he runs good routes. He's always at the right spot. Everything's done meticulously and correctly. If you're a coach, you'll love that. And he's going to come down with the football 95% of the time. And for those reasons, he's very much uh, probably going to make the team. And if I, I think if you're just doing kind of a, a, a safe, like what's most likely vanilla roster compilation, he should be the sixth guy. Uh, you're kind of getting out of the box or creative or, or taking a risk, I'd say, by putting Tinsley on. Uh, by me not having him on the roster and going with Kemp, I'm kind of doing the same. Yeah. No, I mean, I think Kemp is a more logical choice, especially with the enemy, but that's what we did. All right. Um, tight end. Sounds like we both are going to end up with four with Alex Arma uh, as the fourth guy, or you have something different? No, I I, I think that – see, it's funny because I'm kind of getting cute here. I think there's a really good chance Arma does not make the team so they can keep somebody else right. and then ends up being on the team on game day, which is a strategic thing that they're going to be able to do. But for the, the purposes of the conversation, I will say that he is a going to be a bigger part of this thing than people think and is going to play against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I'll say, yeah, I'll say four and, and I'll throw him into the mix because I'm I'm kind of angling him on as it is. Yeah, well, I mean, and to your point, similar to what I said before about Fromm, let's not forget last year, he gets hurt right before the season ends. They put him on IR, they do a buyout, and then he comes back. Because he, he and, and they couldn't even bring him back. They had to wait X amount of weeks, depending on what the buyout was, for that for him to to do whatever else he wanted to do. And he still came back. I think that shows sort of the lack of excitement about Alex Armour around the league. Which you know, again, the fullback is totally fading out, and he's not really a tight end. Um, by the way, I should have mentioned at the top, we're not factoring in who they might pick up off, off of waivers. I can't predict what their choices out of hundreds of players who are getting cut what they may do. So that may happen, but can I throw in one more caveat too? And because it's relevant to this tight end thing, we're also not really sure of health of some of these guys either. Yes. And I think that's a massive factor. Like as we get to the offensive line in a minute, how banged up is Leno? I think Wiley's probably fine after we saw him play almost a half against the Ravens, but you know, they've had injuries, right? Uh, I'm thinking about tight end where we haven't seen Logan Thomas in a while. He's not hurt still, but he's not going to be in football shape right away. Like that, adds to the conversation of keeping a fourth tight end potentially. Yeah. So um, I think that's another factor is like, you know, Rivera after the game is asked about Chase Young's status and kind of barks at Nikki Jabala from the post and says, I'm not talking about that today. We're focusing on the game, but because we don't really know the status of some of the guys who have these lingering issues, it makes it hard because make no mistake about it. Like part of what they're doing and who they're keeping and who they're not is absolutely directly related to, the health of these guys. And that's why for me, I'm not like, I, I, I don't know what I think about Arma's role this year per se, in terms of how the, the usage, but until Logan Thomas is out there, I can't go into, I can't have only three tight ends on the roster. Like I, what, I mean, who, I don't know what if he doesn't play. I mean, again, maybe they know he's fine, but we were a little bit in the dark and for them, I wouldn't trust anything. Because, I mean, unfortunately, Logan Thomas 
between the age and the recent inju- injuries, who knows? So I, I would have to have the hedge just to have it, right? And and most of the guys we're talking about getting cut, they'll put on the practice squad. That So if they decide, hey, we don't need armor because Logan Thomas is good, they can cut him and then pull somebody back up. But until that happens, I, I'm keeping the fourth tight end, air quotes at least. So I'm going with him. I, I didn't consider Curtis Hodges. He's had a pretty, unfortunately, uh, not a good summer. I guess he's a practice squad, but that's about it for me. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, just, was... I, I need you to be able to catch the football. So for you know, it's kind yeah. of it's it's not a night. Nice, oh, it'd be nice if he. No, 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 no. This is like a prerequisite at that position. I don't care how big and how athletic you are and how good a blocker you are. I need you to be able to catch the football. Now he could be the guy because, like, honestly, today at one point I told you my thought was, well, Arma won't be on the fifty-three come Tuesday, but he's going to be the pro- like. How many teams in the league even use fullbacks? You know, have pages in their playbook for a fullback. So who's going to be easier to get through waivers than a guy at a position that's an endangered species? So they, you know, my thought all along was there's no way they'd burn a roster spot to keep a fullback because there's nobody with less competition for teams picking him up probably than that guy. So they'll they won't keep him. But then as I looked at it, I thought, well, unless they're a hundred percent sure in Logan Thomas's health. As you said, three is not enough, so I had to find a third tight end. In addition to Logan Thomas, like fourth at the position, I couldn't give a roster spot to Hodges. Uh, Dylan had a great game today, but uh, I wouldn't recognize that guy if he was sitting on my lap. I can't have him on my 53. So it was because the position is in the spot that it's in, I kind of said, well, I don't think they'll need to keep Arma, but maybe based on Logan Thomas, you know, you kind of handcuff him at the position. Right, and I do think tight end – in terms of the waivers, I do think this will be a position that they will heavily look for all the reasons that we just discussed. There's a lot of uncertainty in this spot. Um, all right, let's go to the offensive line. So the here, I think it's you got a couple combinations of questions. It's are you keeping nine? Are you keeping ten? And then either way, who are the nine and who are the ten? I think there's a lot of variance here. I guess let's go through it. We'll break it down by the position groups. At tackle, obviously the two starters are good. Cornelius Lucas is the third guy. Where are you at on Braden Daniels? He's not been terribly impressive, but he's a fourth round pick. I, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna have the equipment manager drop a bag on his big toe and crack the toenail and throw him on IR before I cut him. So I, I'm gonna have to. Put, I mean, for our purposes, I'm gonna put him on the 53. But you know, if, if somehow he, uh, you know pulled something tonight and they threw him on IR, I'd be like, you know what, that's not a bad move. Uh, he's making the team. I, I, I don't – I take your word for it, and I've heard nothing but very disappointing things about how he's looked. None of them matter. He's a fourth-round pick. These guys haven't cut any of their draft picks, I don't think, on cut down day. Maybe William Bradley King. Did, did he get yeah, cut? Yeah, and, and even that one doesn't almost count because they drafted him and Shaka Tony in, like, the final two rounds, so it was like – Well, they were both in the seventh, I think, actually, weren't yeah. they? Yeah. Um, but regardless, I mean, I, literally, that's the only draft pick to my knowledge that they've cut since they've been here. So they don't do that. And this isn't a seventh round pick. It's a fourth round pick. So, yeah, if they cut him, I'll eat a uh, weird food that you that you tell me to eat. Um, oh, nice. Not happening. So, yeah, but I've got 10, but we'll work our way through it here. But he's on the team. Okay. Uh, is there any other ta- – we don't have to go through, but any other tackle you're even considering? or Because, or, like, Trent Scott is a guy who's a, who's a veteran, can play a little bit. You know, it hasn't played well enough. I don't think I, I haven't liked what I saw. I'll say no. Right, I, I'm with you. I just uh, you know it was a couple. Somebody mentioned it to me the other day, and 
you know, with again, this is the injury thing. Leno's dealing with a bit of a shoulder. I think it's been sore part because they've been practicing a lot more uh, over, you know, this summer. But unless you're telling me Leno is iffy for week one, I I, I don't think I'm going to keep um, Trent Scott. Um, all right, in, we'll go with just the interior, I guess, in general. At guard, you got Sadiq Charles and Sam Cosme. Um, with uh, Nick, well, guard. So Sadiq Charles and Sam Cosme with Chris Paul. Presumably Charles is going to start. Paul's been in that battle, I guess. So you got those three. That gets you up to seven. And who am I missing? I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. Um, uh, the other guards that have been interesting would be like Mason Brooks, the college free agent, Aaron Montero. No. Um, played right, a well, lot. Okay, well, so the, so those three guards, are you good with that, or do you have something else? Uh, I would, I would, I think there's probably a fourth guard in there, whether that's Brooks or Montero, whoever they like more. Um, but again, well, I've it, got ten, ten linemen. The, the other, so because Ricky Stromberg's been playing guard now in that's practice. The other thing is he he may be able to, with position flex, give you some of that versatility. But then at the center position, you have him and Gates, and maybe that's not the end of the road. Right. Well, and Rivera said the other day that Stromberg playing guard has sort of helped clear up some of their roster thoughts. And that to me said that that may, you know, that 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 that's their other guard is Stromberg now in their in their head, um, if need be. Um, and then that leaves at center Gates and Stromberg there. But you also have Tyler Larson, who of course was you know really effective last year. He's been injured though the last two years. This team has had a ridiculous amount of center injuries, so I get why you might want to keep them. But at the same point, Larson does not have the position flexibility you want, um, and you want to keep 10 offensive linemen in general. So you sound like you, though, do. Who's your Who's your 10th? Yeah, so my thinking on the line at 10 is, is twofold. Uh, first, I think Braden Daniels can't help you at any point in the near future. And so he's like early this year or probably at all this year. Someone from your practice squad who's a veteran um, gets called up at that point, Trent Scott, or you're bringing someone in. Like, I just don't think he is in a place where he's able to help them anytime soon, but you're redshirting him because he was a fourth round pick. So th- that's almost like my 10th guy, if that makes sense. Um, and now you, you're, if, if you, you view him like I do, which is a guy that can't on the field anytime soon, then you only really have eight linemen at that point, if you're keeping nine and that's not enough. So, uh, the Stromberg playing a lot of guard thing makes me think Larson is in play, to be honest with you. Um, I've also really liked Mason Brooks as a project. Um, it, it's a, you know, I, I don't know that it matters. Like pick your poison. I just think it's their worst position. It's their biggest question mark. It's an area where they've got a lot of things that right now look like they aren't solved. And, and to the point where Rivera has said, there's still going to be maybe a, a guard rotation in week one between Charles and Paul. And I, I think that speaks even more to they still got some balls in the air. So uh, you could throw Larson on if I need to give you a name, but I think it'll be 10 in the end. So that's the part that's interesting, right? So let's just say it's 10 and you're the, I, I'm with you. If I'm keeping 10, it's because Braden Daniels, I'm basically writing off for now until proven otherwise. The problem is what does Larson do for me in terms of Braden Daniels? I mean, unless you're telling me I'm moving Sam Cosme or Sadiq Charles out to tackle, then if if something were to happen, 
Larson's not helping my cause. Now, maybe if you say this is where you keep the Trent Scott, they have a couple of other young guys. You mentioned Montero, you know, a couple of, I, then maybe it's one of those guys, but that doesn't, I don't, you know. Well, the, well here's how it helps, though. It's, be, it's a domino game, right? Whereas Larson gives you center depth so that you could play Stromberg if need be at guard. And then Sadiq Charles or uh, Chase, uh, I must call him Chase Rui, um, Sam Cosme can be kicked out to the tackle. I mean, that's where all this position flex nonsense that he talks about all the time comes in, right? Where, you know, you got guards that can play tackle, centers who can play guard. So Larson is your kind of traditional center in the sense if you need to start moving guys outward. Yeah, I mean, that's all fair. I guess my thought would be at that point, let me just keep a tackle. Like we've, I think we've discussed this. I've discussed this on the on here many times with Logan Paulson and others. The position flex stuff drives me crazy. Of course, it's important, but it can't be the driving factor the way it feels like it's for them. Just go get a tackle if you're for that concern. But either way, I, I your point is, I totally get it. By I mean, the way, they may they, like they may like Trent Scott more than I do. My own personal evaluation is, I, I don't know that he's played the preseason well enough to win a job. But we talked about tight end. Maybe if there is a tackle who comes available, that's a spot where you grab a guy who started three or four games last year, and they and Cornelius Lucas are your two reserves. Yeah. And by the way, I will also say that, like, in terms of the offensive line, we've talked a lot about how they look concerning this year. If there's whatever upside exists, I think it exists with the two guards, meaning Cosme and Sadiq Charles. Charles's issue is he's been can't stay healthy, but there's a lot to like there. And Cosme, I think, has had a really good summer playing guard i i don't want to move them is i guess my larger point even if something were to happen i feel like i'm going to weaken myself all over the place rather than just saying you guys stay there we'll put a tackle in they do have lucas of course but we're talking the extra piece but in any event you've got them by the way that's true i just think if they're getting moved like the plane has crashed into the mountain anyway like yeah at that point we're talking about your top two tackles are unavailable and cornelius lucas is and some duct tape are holding this whole thing together. So I don't think you like stop the plane from going into the mountain because like the air at section, you know, in seat 11 C isn't working, you know? <laughs> right. Um, okay. And by the way, my assumption would be they keep like three to four offensive linemen on the practice squad because of what we're discussing here. Like they're going to need some depth one way or the other You can promote guys up. You know, you're only keeping eight guys active typically on the line on a game day. So Braden Daniels being inactive, you still have the eight, right? It, you, so you can get by that. You can't if you have an injury. Then you know, then 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 what do you do? Um. All right. So for me, I I didn't keep track of yours, but for me, that's 25 so far on offense. So we got another uh 28 to go. Let's get to the defensive line. We've talked about this a lot. I think we all know the names. I have 11 staying. KJ Henry for me is the last guy. Uh, I I need to go back and watch the tape. I will fully admit that like I was not riveted to the play tonight. <laughs> I mean, it was a lot. You know, wasn't, it wasn't the most thrilling of, of games. So maybe I missed whatever KJ Henry did or didn't do. But by and large, he's been a pretty quiet this summer. He's been passed by Andre Jones, it seems like, by everybody's estimation. And if I had to cut somebody... He's probably who I would cut. That said, he's a fifth round pick. You know, I, I don't want to do that. Um, the wonder here, though, is you've got the injuries to John Allen and Fedarian Mathis. Does that change potentially anything? I, I, I'll i say no for now, but I've got them keeping 11 on the defensive line. 
So I hate that we agree on this because this is actually an area where I thought I was getting a little creative, uh, but I'm with you. And, you know, I, I, we're probably going to be wrong and they keep 10 and they're going to cut a guy that you and I both think shouldn't get cut, whether that's two Hill or James Smith Williams, you know, yeah. very much in play yeah. here. When I did my first one before pre- for the preseason over, I had cut two Hill did not like it at all. I don't know if this matters, but it's worth noting at least here. I've said this before the top six defensive ends are all free agents after this year. Now you can of course keep some of them after the year, but that's why keeping Jones and Henry is not just about graphics. Like you, you kind of need somebody under lock and key for next year as well. So that's another thing to consider, but I, 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 I yeah, well, I don't know how I I'm cutting. Like if this is based on merit and performance and all those things, I think James Smith Williams has earned it based on how he's played when he's been given a chance elevated role last year. I thought he was pretty solid. Uh, I think Casey Tuhill with his athleticism, I don't want to say speed, but he runs well, plays really hard. I think you've, you've seen it. He's proven that he can help. I, I would imagine I'm not, I'd be curious to ask him about this based on my own anecdotal perception. I would imagine he's better on special teams because he runs better than James Smith Williams, which again might be a deciding factor. Did you see um, James Smith Williams last week? He was the guy at the goal line chasing down a punt and keeping it from going into the end zone for, for uh, to de- yeah. have it down inside the five. I was like, whoa, that's pretty impressive for a, a that big was All effort too. Yeah, that was awesome. But he's that kind of guy, right? I mean, he's made himself into a, a steady NFL player who, if it's not here, will be in the league for a long time as a seventh round pick and really, really active in the community too. Um, so I, I root for that guy. I just think I'll go back to my thesis. They don't cut their draft picks. And if they're cutting one, it's not going to be a fifth rounder, in my opinion. So I don't know that I feel as strongly about it as I do Braden Daniels because, you know, they could do the, the 49ers bit where they go, hey, we're moving on from Trey Lance, but we actually found Brock Purdy as Mr. Irrelevant. Hey, we, we're moving on from Henry, uh, who probably goes to the P-Squad, I would guess. Although, you know, fifth round pick, maybe he gets claimed, I don't know. Uh, but, hey, we actually drafted this guy in the seventh round at the same position. We found him. He's really good. And maybe they do it that way. Um I, I just think they both make it. I didn't want to cut Smith Williams or Tuhill. I think both of them deserve to be on the roster. But if you tell me, like, I got something wrong on the D-line, then I think one of those two veterans probably got cut. I think one thing in Smith Williams' advantage is, again, without knowing when John Allen and Federian Mathis are back, he can play some play some interior line. We saw that um, in the preseason. Same with Obata. Like, because if now, hypothetically, like, I don't know what Federian math is to me. I'm very curious to see, is he the kind of guy that they decide, you know, we're going to IR him after cut down day and then bring in one of these other positions we've discussed, or maybe it's a Benning. I, sorry, I've always go to butcher this last name, Patate, you know who I mean? He, he's had some, potato. he's had some decent moments. Photo I. Photo I. Uh, I don't so, know. I might be saying that wrong. So, you know, so maybe he so wait, gets so called. real quick then, who is so if we're saying that the veteran DN, Smith Williams and Two Hill are in, and you're keeping Henry and Jones like me, who you're you're saying eleven, yeah? So that's Sweat, Payne, Allen, Young, Two Hill Ridgeway, Mathis, Smith Williams, Obata, Jones, and then who else? Um, I think you said everybody, Sweat, Young, Smith Williams, Obata, Two Hill Jones, Henry, Allen, Mathis, Ridgeway, Payne. Okay. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, look again, I, I, Fedarian Mathis, I don't know. I mean, I, he's been, we've kind of not moved on from him, but he just has not become the big topic of the last couple of weeks because one, he hasn't, been, he hasn't played yet really for this team. And then two, there's other things going on. So that's another way to clear things up. Like he makes the team, you put him on IR, he's out the first four games, but that allows you to, you know, do something else here. But um, in any event, it's clearly a deep group. Um, as long as John Allen's out there week one, I'm, I, I, the, the, you got to really like what they've By got the way, going. they're putting good players at that position. I asked Rivera about this after the game. Like at a few spots, we talked about running back, I think the same thing. But like on the D-line, there's a couple guys who get cut. Like you just mentioned, um, I'm going to go with Podoaye, but like Abdullah Anderson, I can't tell you how many times in the preseason I would see 92 at the quarterback, and I'll go, who the hell is – oh, yeah, it's that guy again. Yep. Like, I think there's, like, real legit talent football players. William Bradley King had a couple really good rushes at the end of the game on Saturday night, you know, that that they're not going to keep on the 53 initially. No, you're right. Across, across the board, they definitely have to have some tougher calls. All right, linebacker. Um, I've only had four pretty much this whole time. Uh, Jamin Davis, Cody Barton, Khalid Hudson, who had some really nice plays tonight, and David Mayo, um, Milo Eifler, Dejon Harris, Fred Gardner, all on the outside. Put a couple of them on the practice squad if you want and uh, move forward. But, I, you know, the weight between the de-emphasis of the position and, honestly, the lack of oomph. Like, I'm not, like, I feel – I'm not feeling that nervous about cutting any of these guys. I mean, John Bostic's still sitting at home, I guess. Uh, if you want to go get somebody. So I'm nervous about this position. I think Cody Barton's had a pretty rough summer, but that said, I'm only keeping the four. Yeah, they don't care about linebacker. They really haven't since they drafted Jamie Davis in the first round. So uh, how many times last year was it? I don't remember the, the number of reps, but late in the year where they would quite literally be using one defensive end, you know, um, they would have one player. Excuse me, one linebacker, I should say, yeah. Um, yeah. in their formation with, the, you know, going big with the extra body on the edge or, you know, with with extra DBs. So um, the one linebacker look that they're going to use from time to time is indicative of, I think, the fact that they don't need a lot of depth there. And that's where I worry about special teams, because if you're thin at that position, quantity or quality, generally it, it, you pay for it in coverage. Uh, having said that, um, I, I think that's the plan, and and that's where you need your DBs to play good on teams, and that's why I've got Kemp in. All right, in the secondary, uh, this is where you could go ten or eleven. I've got ten. I don't think there's much too much debate here. Uh, Danny Johnson, I think, is safe. Christian Holmes is my fifth corner. The safeties, including Jeremy Reeves, I think, are pretty obvious. The only wonder here is sort of the, the injury talk. Where are we at with Kendall Fuller? dealing with some knee soreness if that's a concern then maybe they end up with six and that's i don't know i'm I'm not the biggest rashad wild goose fan but you got him Tariq castro fields i think nick whiteside's had a pretty good summer um by the way i will say it's safety i think kendall smith has had a pretty good game last two 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 games interception last game tipped the pass tonight that was picked off um but you know i think it's 10 and and i you know again i think it's a pretty easy call with Christian Holmes on special teams uh, contributing mostly there. Yeah. I actually think the the secondary kind of separated itself in a way that's pretty obvious. Um, I think they're deep here. They're young. Uh, what, what they've got now at safety, I feel really good about uh, Curl and Forrest as a starting tandem 
Reeves and Butler who are going to play teams really well and in and, and Butler's case give you speed I don't love him at safety yet I, I just I don't know that he is ready to play a lot on defense but I don't think they'll need him too early in the year um, and so those four guys and I don't have a fifth safety um, because I think you have some flex with whether it's Quan Martin or a couple of the other corners but wait you're you only got, keeping you're only keeping four safeties I am so who are you cutting uh, well, I mean, I'm I'm keeping Curl, Forrest, Reeves, and Butler. Well, Quan Martin, I consider him a corner. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, if that's yeah, the case, yeah. sorry. Yeah, I mean, he was drafted as a nickel corner, so and, yeah, and that's also and right. And that's also why I've been keeping five traditional corners. Is there another reason because you have multiple safeties that can play the slot or or you know exactly? Yeah, so, no, I mean Martin to me, if, if you're calling him a safety, I, I just I think he's their primary or at least drafted to be eventually their primary nickel. But yeah, I mean, St. Juiced, Quan Martin, um, Kendall Fuller, Christian Holmes, Emmanuel Forbes. And then do we know Danny Johnson's status at this point as a other, yeah, he, the, the other corner? I talked to him the other day. He said he's fine. No problem. He was practicing this week. I don't know if he was kept out of the lineup today because of the injury or like, Hey, we're good. He doesn't need to go out there. But in any event, I think he's fine. Um, so that would be my six corners. Yeah. All right. And then obviously we all have the same three on special teams. No, 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 nothing there to discuss. So I am that, that, that's my 53. I've I, again, lost track of your number, but presumably uh, is about the, about the same, the, the, the 53rd spot. My ultimate decision was this. It was either keeping Tinsley slash Milne over Jonathan Williams or Tyler Larson. I, I, that was my big struggle. I just trying to read between the lines. I just sensed that when Rivera said they feel good about Stromberg playing guard kind of made sense, made it to me think they don't need to keep Larson uh, as another interior lineman who doesn't play guard. Um, And we already discussed why with Williams and um, you know, just you can get running back, I guess, basically. So, that was my final call. I agonized way more than I should have because this is who I am. But <laughs> that does not surprise me. I think my most intriguing spots are wide receiver. Clearly, I think that's where the most fun competition probably is, and it's a you know it's a grab bag of what do you like, what do you prefer, uh, and then I think running back, as we talked about, you know, I just think that's where they're cutting. I think it's three guys that can play in the league, three guys who have a chance to help teams this year. And I get why they're going to do it, but I think that's, well, seemingly obvious to me how they're going to handle it. I think probably an area where I, I think they were pretty well built, put together. Um, I don't really see a chance for surprises, which is, I guess, not surprising because that's, it wouldn't be a surprise then. But, um, you know, unless one of the, you, you would count one of the defensive ends, you know, like we talked about getting cut, the veterans that have been around for a few years. I, I don't know that there's a guy where the name's going to come out and everyone's going to be taken aback when they see the tweet. Right, right. Um, I'm with you um, on on that. Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I don't know that there's somebody that you're like, oh, that's that, – that's, uh, we're just overlooking it right now. I mean, I'll I'll I'll, all right, I'll throw one out to you just for the just for fun. 
not I this is not an inside I'm not saying I've not heard this I'm just throwing it out for fun what if I told you Chris Paul got cut I mean we're talking about a seventh round pick from last year who you know we're, we're like sort of overstating like what we're looking at here because that position is so weak and he's just they've said that the competition is him and Sadiq Charles that doesn't mean that it's a good competition that's just one they made and interior offensive lineman maybe I could find someone maybe I this is I keep Tyler Larson instead of Chris Paul, knowing Stromberg can play there if I think if I have to. And Larson's obviously a better player. Paul's fine. I I mean, me, look, as a guy who's way overweight, I, I, I say I understand it when I say this. Like I wish Paul. I, I'm a little surprised he didn't come in in a little bit better shape because I think last year was pretty obvious he needed to get in better shape, and it doesn't look to me like he did. I could be wrong on that, but. Uh, from a cardio perspective, but I don't know if I, ha- I'm, I have him on the team. I'm saying if you make me throw out a surprise, I'll throw him out. It's the kind of take that um, makes me special. Well, makes you special. That's well said, Ben. No, but honestly, that I mean, that's the kind of thing that would have to happen, right? Like when I hear that, I go, well, that's not happening. Well, no kidding. That's the point of something that could be surprising. I, I would say this, though. Like I happen to think Paul's going to start the most games at left guard on the team this year. Uh, Sadiq Charles can't stay healthy. So to me, that's a non-starter in terms of like releasing his competition. If, if Sadiq Charles had shown any ability to have any durability, I would say, yeah, that makes a lot of sense actually, but that's just not a thing. And because he's not going to stay healthy, Paul's going to end up starting a bunch of games. I also happen to, I, I know I'm making way too much out of one game, but I think he was really good against the Cowboys in week 18 last year when he played in, you know, the 17th game. Um, and it's a crazy idea, I know, to have, like, a guy play just in that Cowboys game and then to make big declarations about how good yeah, they'll be the following the season. That's crazy. Nobody would do that. Um, but So I'm a Chris Paul guy in that way. But, yeah, like, the idea of he's a seventh-round pick who's probably very pedestrian and, like, that kind of guy gets cut in his second year a lot is totally true. Um, Plus, if there's somebody that gets cut. I'm trying to think cut. of, like, another outside box. Well, plus also I'm saying like if somebody if they pick somebody up on waivers, like if Sadiq does get hurt, you have to decide, okay, is Chris Paul the answer? I don't know. I mean, like for what it's worth, maybe they only want Chris Paul left guard, but in practice the other day, Sam Cosme didn't practice one day and Stromberg was the replacement with the first team having only practiced a guard for a week. And I was like, that's kind of weird, but okay. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, I, mean, I don't think this would be like a big surprise. Well, let me say it this way. I will be really surprised if this happens. I don't think fans will be stunned. But, like, what if – I'm not counting on this. It's me throwing out your Chris Paul idea. Like, what if Byron Pringle doesn't make the team, who we all just kind of assume will, oh. and they keep Dax Milne and Tinsley? You know, they go young and upside and just take the young guys and ask them to play special teams or whatever. I mean, something like that to me would be surprising. But is, like, the average Commanders fan going to be shocked at a guy that – came in right before camp didn't make the team i'm probably not if i hadn't given you chris paul i was giving you byron pringle i did uh, yeah just because i mean this is where again the beat how much is the b enemy voice a factor and do, you know does he use his uh juice to, to keep a guy like that but especially like you mentioned before like if you want to keep some height maybe you keep camp instead of pringle and then keep one of those younger guys um that you like but we will see all right um it's late. It's Saturday night. You got better things to do. You've been overly generous with your time. 
you will be back right on uh, 1067 on uh, Monday. That's right. Monday at two o'clock, we will be starting to get to the bottom of things as they trickle out. And then Tuesday, hopefully we'll get to the answer key. You'll be providing it, I'm sure, on Twitter one one uh, update at a time. Oh, my God. You know what? This is the problem with one cut down day. The amount of players, hypothetically, if I'm going to chase this, that have to, I'd have to chase, it's way too many. I, I, I'm going to have to. I uh, agree, but let's not pretend like you're not going to be like doing your damnedest. I mean, you're, you. No. I, I'm I'm going to have to have a conversation with my sponsor to see if this is a proper behavior for me. I, I, I'm <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure it is. Um, all right, uh, Grant, you rule. Appreciate it, my guy. We'll talk uh, soon. All right, thanks, buddy. All right. Big thanks to Grant Paulson for his time. One of my favorite people to talk to about this team and uh, sports in general. Uh, I hope you guys like that conversation as well. Uh, We'll be back this week. I guess I'll come back. I guess if somebody else of note gets cut before the final 53 is announced, then uh, we will... um, I will have a, a, an emergency pod, as it were. Other than that, probably wait until after the final cuts and do a review of the roster at that point. But that is it for now. Ben Standick signing off. Until next time, see you.